You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Um, Yeah, we had a great time with the ladies yesterday. I'm not going to share a whole lot about me because I just really want to get into the meat of the word. But I want to say this um, for those who weren't here or who don't know, just I think expectation management is a good thing, right? And I had a couple people come up to me before church started and they, I had somebody say, oh, give us some fire. You can guess where that one came from. And then, (laughs) and someone else, don't hold back, just let us have it. So I just want you to know you can blame that corner, okay? If, if you're at all unsettled. Sometimes I feel like I need my preachers to come with a rating, <laughs> you know, of like how in the face it is and, you know, how held back. But what I want to say for expectation management is I'm not, I can be, but I'm certainly not going to be this morning a teacher, a point upon point, right? I, I move more in the prophetic, in the just trying to hear what God's saying and kind of follow that cloud. He'll give just different pictures or a different sense. And what I try to do is work with heaven to create an atmosphere. And in this atmosphere, then the Holy Spirit just begins speaking to you individually. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through, but he knows every detail of every person under the sound of my voice. And so he's going to speak to where you are. It's going to be very different for different people. But one of the, right before coming up or doing worship, which was brilliant, wherever you went, thank you. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, but in the middle of worship, I did just have this this strong sense. I just saw this. It was like, I thought it was like a pool of water, but that, I don't know if that makes sense necessarily. But it was like the edges were just being spread out, just being completely pulled. I felt like there was just this opening, whether it's an open heaven kind of sense, I don't know. But there is something being opened up here. And I feel that there's this, this, just, I almost feel like there, there's just, without getting weird, almost like angels, you know, just some angelic activity, just pulling some things back that need to be pulled back. Not negative, not bad. We all need our vision expanded. We all need to come into line with what heaven sees. Because when you walk into your daily life and into your job and into your families and into situations, our vision tends to just do this. I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't fully understand it, but it's like the world just can make us do this. But God is a God of vision. He's a God that just opens up the heavens. He's a God of the impossible. He's a God of a universe that we still cannot fully understand or grasp. That goes beyond anything that we can imagine, that we can understand. Even scientists, as brilliant as they are, cannot fully understand a God. So why do we allow this to happen when we are linked up with a God of that? And so this morning he's saying, just open wide your vision. Just open it up. Just begin to expand it. Where do you need your vision expanded? What situation have you felt that it's just gotten so small and so tight? And the Lord is saying, in this place this morning, allow me to stretch it again. Begin to hope again. Begin to believe again. Begin to see further than fear. Fear, doubt, unbelief is a barrier. It pushes it, and it pushes it, and it pushes. That's what fear does. It pushes it and pushes and pushes our vision in. And faith goes, no, (laughs) no. I'm pushing it, 
out. And that's why, like Pastor said, we need our friends. We need people to come alongside us to push it out when we can't. Help me push out my vision so I can see clearly again. And for some of you, that's what God's going to do today. He's going to push some things out. There's another picture I had as I was praying um, this last week for us this morning. And I want to make sure that I say it right. It was a picture of a boat. So there's this water, waves, all of that. And this boat was up on top of the wave. And it was sitting on top of the wave. And I thought there's two things, two responses that we could have in a place like that. One would be fear because we are so high up. The other one could be, what a view. This is amazing. Look at how far I can see. And we often have a mix of both. But I think we tend toward fear. Understandable. And this is what I felt like the Lord said. Jen, if you can walk on water, there is no fear of the waves. If I know that I can walk on water, it doesn't matter if the water is that high or 100 feet high, I can walk on it. The wave is irrelevant because I can walk on the water. And I felt for some, again, in this place of faith, God wants to challenge us. Can you walk on the water, regardless of it's here, 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 or up there? Because if I can walk on the water, I can enjoy the view. And he wants some people to start enjoying the view. And then last night I was praying, and I felt, you know, as with everything that I say, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Right? You know, if it's, I pray very hard that it's from the Lord. If anything doesn't sit right, just throw it out, right? But I did feel, I always keep forgetting your name. I'm so sorry. I always, it starts with a T. I'm like, Tony, Tyler. <laughs> so sorry. Tyler. Mr. T. Mr. T. <laughs> I like that. I'll remember that. <laughs> so last night I was praying and I did see, and I was praying and praying into this picture of this boat. And, and again, I don't know if it means anything or not to be completely honest, but I just instantly saw it switch. And I saw Mr. T was sitting in the boat. And then suddenly, the boat shifted and it became a surfboard. I know! Don't you wish you were in the boat? See, people are going to start getting jealous of the trials. I talked about this yesterday. I'm not going to go through all that. They're going to start getting jealous because when you can enjoy it, you remove the fear of it. When I can enjoy it, and I'm not saying, oh, yay, I'm sick. I don't mean that. I don't, you know, I really don't. But there's a place in the spirit that you can stay in a place of peace. And therefore, I can enjoy what I'm going through because I'm trusting God to sort out the details. I'll do what he asked me to do, then I depend on him to do what is his responsibility to do. You know, we often take God's responsibility and give him ours. It's a good thing, a good question to ask God sometimes. God, what is my responsibility in this and what is yours? Because quite often we try to take on his and we abdicate ours. God's saying, believe. I'd rather work and try and make it happen. I said yesterday, God's not responsible to fund my assumption <laughs> or my impatience. Ah, you're not working hard enough. Let me make this happen. And then I need you to help take care of it. I'm not here to help your impatience. I'm here to help you get patient to work with me so we can see something greater than what you can do on your own. That's how God works. But I saw this boat become the surfboard, and you were just loving it. You were just surfing and enjoying it, and up there high. And I felt like the Lord said this, that I sensed that this the boat becoming a surfboard was an unconventional idea. 
It was an unconventional idea. And I had this sense that there's some unconventional ideas. I don't know what that means, but unconventional ideas God is wanting to stir, God is wanting to do. Again, expanding our vision behind, um, from this is the only way God can do it, or do something unconventional. It's very hard to get out of our mindset. It's very hard to get out of a religious mindset or any other mindset. But faith, and I think God lives outside of that because he has a million ways to do one thing. A trillion ways to do one thing. But we limit it. It has to be this way. Why? We're going to come back to that a little bit later. Title of this is Water Walking Faith. Because, again, if you can walk on water, there is no fear of the waves. Very quickly, let me say this. I don't want to belabor it, but I want to help cross over some of what I said yesterday to today. So a little bit might be repeat, just a little bit of a crossover, because I think I want to connect. Let the boys come into what we learned, right? Okay? I want to bring us in together. But part of what I talked about yesterday was the season that I think we all know that we're in. We've moved into a new season spiritually as a church worldwide. We've stepped into something new. And what I said yesterday was back in September, the shift happened in September. A lot of you maybe, whether you can see it now or maybe in the future, be able to look back and go, yeah, it was around September, October. Something, something shifted, something changed because there's something new that God's doing and he's prepping us to step into this new place. And it's like we're at the Jordan River about to go into the Promised Land and we talked about that. And we talked about the different things between crossing the Red Sea into the Promised Land and the jo- or, yeah, into the desert or the Jordan River into the Promised Land. Two different things. I'm not going to go through it all, but they needed to know their identity to accept the responsibility. This next season, we're learning our identity as a church so we can accept our responsibility of what God's putting in front of us. But in order to do that, it's that strengthening of faith. I just feel it so strong. So there's this water-walking faith. If I can walk on water, it doesn't matter how high the seas are. So I want us to read a very familiar scripture. The Lord's put this on my heart the last couple weeks. I don't know that I've ever preached out of it. I might have, but I don't remember. It's Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus immediately made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves. Gosh, has anybody felt beaten by the waves? Somebody here, you feel, I didn't mean to stop, but you feel beaten by the waves. You're in that boat, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke, saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, he walked on the water, and he came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt? 
And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. There's two two key questions that I think we need to ask when we are sitting in that boat, whether we're feeling beaten by the waves, whether we're on top of the waves. There's two key things, and this is a little bit of a crossover from yesterday. But the first thing is this, what am I saying? I find it fascinating to look at the difference between what the disciples said and what Peter said. Because it says the disciples cried out in fear and they said, it's a ghost. They were terrified, cried out in fear, it's a ghost. Now, if anybody is going to look angelic, it's going to be Jesus. But they immediately went to, it's a ghost. Why? Because fear always speaks the negative. Fear will always assume the negative. It will always speak the negative. Always. It will limit our view from the truth to the negative and to fear. That, it does that. It limits it. It's a ghost. That's all they could say. That's all they could feel. And that was all that they could speak out of their mouth. But Peter, and I love that we sang about the name of Jesus, because Peter, he's, I imagine like the disciples are on this side of the boat. I don't know why. And Peter's on this side of the boat. And Jesus is about where Robin is. Okay, you're, you're Jesus. Okay, so he's Jesus. Mr. T and Jesus are joining us this morning. Okay, so we've got Jesus there. Peter's right here. And I imagine he's looking at Jesus and he just says, Lord, Lord, what comes out of your mouth in times of fear, in times of being shaken, in times of chaos, in times of being moved? This is preparation for this next place God's taking us. I would love to just preach how exciting it's going to be and get us all excited and yay, it's going to be a great season. But I feel held back in my spirit. Prepare for that. Because if we don't prepare, we won't be prepared. I said yesterday that a few weeks ago, somebody came up to me kind of maybe hopefully, forgetting who she was talking to. And, and she just said, Americans are a bit shallow, aren't they? <laughs> and then she went, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> and I actually, I said, and I knew what she meant, because she was talking spiritually, I think. Um, I, said, I said, yes. I said, there is that. I said, you're right. There is. She said, there's just more depth. You know, and she wasn't actually being prideful. It sounds quite prideful. She wasn't being it. She said there's more over in Europe or in the UK she was talking. There's a depth here. There's a real a depth. There's a history. You know, Americans, we just, we want a really good cup of coffee with our teaching. Okay. We're just a little bit. Just tell me it's all going to be okay. Yay. Right. There's, there's a little bit of that. It's a wide brush, you know, wide stroke. Okay. But there is a sense of that. And there can be a little bit, I think, see, I'm, I'm an Ameribrit, so I feel like I've got the right to say both. And I, there can be a little sense of, oh, lovely little Americans. Oh, dear. Okay. They don't have that depth. And I understand it, and I agree with that. And I said, but you know what? I think they do have. I said, I love to speak on both sides of the Atlantic. Because I said, when I go over there, I said, hear this in the right way. But there's a faith that I don't sense in the same way here. There's a pioneering believing God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. Depth of faith. 
And I said, oh, if we can take that faith and we can take this step and we can marry them together, I said, I believe that's the heart of God to move into our next season. So I would say, think about your own heart, your own relationship with God. Which side would you weigh heavier on? Which side do you maybe need to move in? Or maybe both sides. You need to move in a little bit more to the center. All they could speak and all they could see was a ghost. But Peter said, Lord. He saw sovereignty. They saw circumstance. What you speak will be defined by what you see. So be careful of what you're looking at, because that will often be what comes out of your mouth. And words have power. I don't understand that. I just know that they do. We come into Sunday morning one way. We leave differently. Why? Because we've spoken. We've worshipped. We've honored him. We've shifted an atmosphere. We've thrown some stuff off. We don't need a Sunday to do that. We don't need a Sunday. Every day, any moment, we just stop. Jesus. 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 You feel it. Jesus. When you're at home, when things are crazy. Jesus. When you're at work in your business, you don't know what to do. Jesus. And a peace descends and a vision expands. And then I can see clearly again where I'm meant to step. But most likely that step will include faith. Walking on some water. I'm going to stop there for time. Okay, the second one is this. Oh, no, let me say this before I go on. There were two things that Peter asked of the Lord. Number one, he asked him to shift his position. I think this is really important. He didn't ask him to stop the storm. Shift my position. Ask me to come to you. Somebody needs to shift the position this morning. In fact, I just can see somebody that's, and that's okay, this is no condemnation, but I can sense that there's somebody that's a bit, and if you have your arms crossed, I'm not talking about you, but a bit like this <laughs> with the Lord. You come to me. You did that. You allowed that. I'm not moving. You can stay there. God's going to allow you to stay there. But you're not going to walk on the water. You're not going to fully experience the miracle God wants to give you. Because the second thing Peter said is, I want to partner with you. It's always a partnership. Lord, what's my part? What is your part? But it starts with us coming to him, declaring his name and coming toward him. You could have been a Christian for 85 years, and we still need to remind ourselves, Jesus, and walk toward him. Fear is very powerful. We've mentioned it earlier. Very powerful. But the name of Jesus is far more powerful and far greater. The second thing is this. So the first, what am I saying? 
And the second thing is, what am I seeing? What am I seeing? Again, I imagine the disciples are over here. Now, remember, Peter's here. He's looking at Jesus. Lord, ask me to come to you. The disciples are here. If I were the disciple, I could be wrong. I'm clearly slightly reading into this. But if I were the disciple, I would be thinking, this is not the time for a water-walking lesson. Choose a different time, Peter. At least comb the water and then learn to walk on the water. Makes sense, doesn't it? Like, hello, let's ask him to stop the storm before it's, you know, it's not always all about you, Peter. He kind of thinks it's always about him. It's not about you, Peter. This isn't about you, you know, learning how to walk on water. We're dying here. It was the middle of the night. They were probably freezing cold, soaking wet, confused, tired. Hello, has anybody ever been there with the Lord? I'm tired, Lord. I'm confused. I don't understand. I'm being bashed this way and bashed that way. What is going on? And would you please just fix this quickly? But maturity says, I don't want a quick fix. I want a strong foundation. And that's what Peter was developing. I want a strong foundation that I can walk on. You know, I last June flew to India uh, with a team, and we did some ministry in India. And while we were in the plane, and we were, it was about 2.30 in the morning. So we had gone to Dubai, I think, and we were going from Dubai to India. And it was about 2.30. We're in the plane, exhausted, tired. You know, you're just starting to try to fall asleep. And then suddenly, I could feel, like, rumbling, let's say. <laughs> and Lisa, who travels with me, was sitting next to me, so I... I did smack her, <laughs> smacked her awake. And I'm like, Lisa, I need a bag, I need a sick bag, I need a sick bag. And she couldn't find her, she's tired, and I knew there wasn't enough time. And so I ran, kind of past her and everybody else. There's nothing like a low point of walking into a toilet that a hundred other people that are strangers have used, and hugging it, <laughs> and sitting on the floor, <laughs> and feeling ill, feeling like you're going to pass out, and being 30,000 feet in the air over a country you don't know where you are. And I remember at that time, I thought, God, I just want out. I just want out. But the safest thing I could have done was stay exactly where I was and trust the pilot. And for someone, God's saying, the safest thing that you can do right now is stay right where you are. Trust the pilot. Trust him. It wasn't long before suddenly it just, everything cleared up. Lisa was there, others were there praying. It was just what it was, I don't know. But everything cleared up. And it was completely fine from that point forward. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? Lord, I want a quick fix. Lord, I want a solid foundation. Because a solid foundation stays, trusts, believes, sees that boat become that surfboard to go into that next season. It's seeing something. What are you seeing different? What is God asking you to see in this next season? Matthew chapter 14, verse 33, 
says this, talking about the story. Those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. John chapter 6, verse 21, same story, different Gospels. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. They worshipped, and they saw a miracle. They worshipped, and they saw a miracle. Jesus. And then you see a miracle. Several years ago, there was a friend of mine who came to visit me in London. And she came over from America, and it was late at night, went to see the Tower of London, and we were walking, it was cold, it was in the middle of winter, it was kind of rainy, we're walking through London, and as we're walking, we began to talk about, um, we began to talk about this whole thing of, oh, do you think it's possible to be transported. Do you think it's possible? You know, like in the Bible, you know, or, oh, who was it that was suddenly transported? The guy with the Ethiopian, Philip. Philip, yeah, it was suddenly, like, is that even possible? Is that even possible to do? And so we were talking about this, and, and again, it's late, we're tired, we're making our way home. If you want to come up on the keys or whatever, that'd be great. We're making our way home, and um, we pass one of the tube stations, and then suddenly we don't realize that actually, as we're walking, I thought, oh, there'll be another tube station quite close, you know, quite soon. And we're walking and we're walking. It's about a half an hour, freezing cold. There's no tube station. And we realized, you know what, we actually needed the one that was back there. So we're like, oh, man, we're going to have to go walk all the way back. So that we went around a corner, and then there was a pub right there. So we thought, okay, I'm just going to pop into the pub. So we popped to the pub. There was a roaring fire. So we're warming up for about five minutes by the fire. Okay, great. We come out of the pub, and then we're like, okay, here we go. Half hour walk back. So we come out of the pub, we turn the corner, and then literally she runs into me because I went like that. And I said, Kay, what is that? And she said, uh, that's a tube station. I said, uh, and I looked behind me, and there's the road we had walked. And I, I said, and it was like literally I couldn't talk for a minute. I, I, how long have we been walking? She goes, Jen, we, we just went around a corner. She said, I'm so glad you were here with me because she said, I don't actually think I would believe this otherwise. I said, you too. And every now and then we'll talk about it. It's never happened again. I've asked him for Greece. <laughs> never happened again. <laughs> Why did God do it? I don't know. Because he can. Because he's a God of the impossible. They worshipped, and then it says they immediately, the boat was on the land that they were going to. Immediately means immediately the boat was there. God can do anything in this next season. God wants to do many things in this next season. God is preparing us to believe, to expand our vision into this next season. But we have to be in a place that says, I actually believe you are God. You can do the miraculous. You can do the impossible. You can heal on a Sunday. You can heal on a Monday or a Tuesday. You can bring in finances from who knows.
knows where. You can open up doors that no man could open, but you, God, can open those doors. You can change a city. You can change a nation. Don't tell me that we have to just accept whatever happens with Brexit. What is so interesting is that we have, it's like we've come into the promised land, and I talked about this yesterday. We feel like many people, we've hit a wall. You know, oh, 2019, yay, this is going to be a great year. Wham. And I was preaching this in America, I think in January, and I said, isn't it interesting? Without being political, and I genuinely am not being political with this statement, isn't it interesting that in America, there's a massive, massive unrest happening over a wall? And over on this side of the Atlantic, isn't it interesting that we feel that we've hit this immovable wall with Brexit? I believe God is in the middle of all of this. Something he's stirring, something he's doing. My next season is not dependent on the government. My next season is not dependent on what happens on either side of the Atlantic. My next season is not dependent on my finances. My next season is not dependent on my health. My next season is dependent on my relationship with Jesus Christ and believing he is who he says he is and he can do whatever he wants to do. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.